Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. And quite literally off the bench when Andrew Murdoch's in the studio with Paul Hayes. We'll be filling in for Rob Beaver today. But Hayes, let's get straight into our sports wrap, if that's all right with you. Welcome to everyone listening along for Auto One. Get Dad something he'll love this Father's Day at Auto One. What have you got your eye on, Hayes? Well, before we get into it, you're up and about. Uh, throughout the week, we've been working together. You're a bit down. You were worried that you were going to get dropped from your amateur football team. Now, tell our listeners the good news. Have you been dropped or not? Okay, well, I've, I've been named at fullback, which is a, a proud position. <laughs> position in my family. My dad says fullback goes a long way back in the Murdoch family. Proud fullbacks, but I've had about six goals kicked on me in the last five quarters of footy I've played. Last week I had three kicked on me in a quarter and a half. Got the move. The coach told me, nah, the centre half back's going to fullback. You're up front and running around. So that wasn't too great, but held my position. Thursday night team selection, so I'm okay. Fullback in D grade. Great to hear. Well done. You are a star, but the West Coast Eagles back on Thursday night. They weren't stars though. They were close enough. They got blown away. Big injury there, of course, to Josh Kennedy. We wait to see how many games he will miss, if any. But in the end, that's probably the difference. He's been kicking three goals every week, but it was fascinating to watch, wasn't it? The two different styles. Richmond, of course, they just play up-tempo footy. They want a handball through congestion, and that brought undone the defence of the West Coast Eagles. Jeremy McGovern, Tom Barras, not as effective as they have been in recent times because of that ball movement. And that's how you play the West Coast Eagles. Put somebody smart on Jeremy McGovern. We saw the week before against the Giants... They didn't put anybody smart on him. Jack Rewalt got the job. He led at the right time, but he also played a defensive role at the right time. Can they bounce back and win the premiership from that, or are you pretty clear in your conviction that Richmond is the team to beat now? I think Eagles can well and truly still win the premiership, and I think it was just what we saw on Thursday was a really coaching masterclass from Damien Hardwick. He saw what GWS Mm. did wrong, and he thought, I'm not going to let that happen. He saw the Eagles backline absolutely dominate GWS, except for about a quarter and a half, and he thought he saw that quarter and a half. That's what we're going to have to do. So it was an incredibly strong performance from Richmond. It, that first half was a real arm wrestle. It was kind of shaping up as one of the games of the season. Then Richmond were able to blow them out of the water. Eagles, Queensland doesn't really mix mm. right now, which is not a good sign for the rest of the season. Two and four in Queensland. Now we think if they finish high enough, which is in doubt now that they could have some home finals back here, still waiting on the last game of the year, North Melbourne, the potential sale of that from North Melbourne to make some money, which would enable the West Coast Eagles to get home. But it is a factor, isn't it? Being away from home one, but just the conditions up there. They're a dry weather sort of team. It does get a little bit dewy and slippery. They don't move the ball as well. But the big story on Thursday night was all about Joe Danaher in the first game. Unbelievable to see him back. He's been through hell 465 days. He was rumoured to be in a trade deal last year to go to the Sydney Swans. It didn't eventuate. But I'm pretty confident they've got this guy turned around happy and I reckon he'll stay at the Bombers. And I'm a believer of the Bombers next year. I think John Warsfold will depart after doing a magnificent job. They get all of their players back, including Dyson Heppel and others. And I think they can go a long way if he stays fit. But wasn't it great to see him bouncing around three goals, 16 disposals? It was an absolutely remarkable story. Firstly, on the Bombers, I think they're one of those teams that at their best, they're just about Mm. as good as anyone. But at their worst, they're right down in the bottom three or four teams as well. But in terms of Joe Danaher, I think people, I'm not sure if people have 
have forgotten, but in 2017 or 2016, was it? All-Australian, best and fairest, kicking 60 goals. He's a real dominant player when he's up and about. So if he can regain any kind of that form, he's one of the best big men in the competition as long as he can stay injury-free, which is what we'll hope to see. That's our sports wrap for Auto One. This Father's Day, get Dad something he'll really love. More to come on Off The Bench next. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. That's right. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. And, Hayes, I'm going to let you open the batting with the dig today. Well, I'm going to have a go at you because throughout the week uh, we were talking about pumping up women's football. And there was a guy called Ryan Turnbull who's got his own women's academy. (laughs) And you came in and basically said, yeah, we've got this guy, Ryan Turnbull, who's in charge of the academy, not knowing the history of the great Ryan Turnbull. Have you done your research? Do you know who Ryan Turnbull is? Eagles premiership star Ryan Turnbull is how I should have introduced him when I was talking talking to you guys. But, you know, I think there's a generational gap there, Hayes. I've probably, you've probably got 10 or so years on me. And Carl, who we were working with earlier in the week, he's got 25 or so <laughs> years on me. So when he said Ryan Turnbull, the f- female football academy, I just said, oh, yeah, we got the guy who does the, the female <laughs> footy academy if you want. And then you guys gave me a real, there you go, you're real talking to and told me to brush up on my Eagles history. It's not just you that gets things wrong. Now, do you know who Daniel Haynes is? Sounds familiar. Remind me, though. Former teammate of mine, so drafted about the same time as me. Didn't play too many games for the Fremantle Dockers, but played enough. But throughout the week, the Fremantle Dockers Mm. were actually doing a story on his daughter, Mm. who's now playing or trying to get into the AFLW, which is a terrific effort to see. Now, they said, Dad's super proud he's been coaching his daughter, but they put the wrong photo up in the story. They put Andrew Brown up in the story. Would you believe a former teammate of his... Oh, you can't be doing that if you're the Fremantle Dockers. You've got to know your players, Dockers. You've got to get it right. So the social media department, who've been doing a great job all year, have got that one wrong. And I thought that was pretty funny. But my real big dig mm. is about the fast that was the MRO and the Tribunal okay. this week. It was a disgrace. We saw many players get sent to the Tribunal. There were some dangerous tackles that probably going back six weeks ago, there was penalties that were given up to four weeks for Alex Neil Buller. Now, these two that we saw probably warranted at least one week but the fact that they got put there and then they got put off and there was others that got sent for staging fines and then they had written submissions and they got off those it's becoming a raffle it's becoming a farce what do you think the answer is here do you think we need to change the system do we need to change the MRO officer or do we just need to let them do their job and just abide by whatever decision is made. Well, I actually quite like your idea I heard earlier in the week. Just one system, the MRO, then it goes to the tribunal. They come out with completely different outcomes. It's very, very confusing. From what I've I've seen, I don't mind the decisions match review officer mm. Michael Christian makes. So I'm happy to kind of leave it in his department. I think for, for things when he absolutely makes a blunder, you do need some kind of tribunal process. But I think it needs to be restricted down and really tough precedents to actually make sure you can get to that level. But otherwise, I think, you know, it, it, it is too confusing. It seems like p- fans watching see the same thing happen and two different results. So it's just really tough to keep an eye on.
And particularly sometimes it comes down to who the player is, if it's a big name in the game. I just think with all the cost-cutting that's going to happen in the future, there's not too much need for me for a tribunal. Maybe put two people on the MRO, so you might have Christian, Michael Christian that is, and Steve Hocking, the footy boss at the AFL. Get those two in there. Yes, they'll get some wrong, but the tribunal gets some wrong as well. It's just a different interpretation. I just think with all the costs with the legal teams, you don't need to do it. The AFL can save some money. Give the money back to the people in the country or the grassroots level. That's your dig, Hayes. And my dig, I'm going to direct it at the AFL because it's just something that's been bubbling along all this season. Obviously, they've got far bigger issues than the actual playing of the game right now with COVID-19 and just trying to get a game out there at all. But the umpiring this season, from a fan's point of view, it has been so inconsistent. And I don't blame the umpires. I'm blaming the people who alter the rules. What other sport changes the rules every year? It's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. We've spoken about the, the Rezies competition I'm playing in the Ammos right now. One thing I can say is I've actually enjoyed the umpiring of that level more than I have of the AFL because at least it's consistent and I don't mind that. But in terms of the actual AFL, there's too much, especially around holding the ball. It's just too finicky. Three umpires kind of have three slightly different interpretations in their head and, you know, it's a bit too hard bit too tough. Good call because early in the the year it was uh, there wasn't many being paid and then of course Alistair Clarkson came out and then there was a whole flurry being paid and then we're back to where we almost were at the start of the year. There's not that same eagerness for the umpires to pay holding the ball. Dial before you dig the essential first step. There are the digs for today. Up next, Hayes, off the bench, we'll be talking about the waffle. Can Subi claw their way back into the finals or are we going to have that final fairy tale where the Perth Demons, after a 20-odd year drought, finally make their way back into the waffle finals? Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. That's right, a very fired-up Andrew Murdoch filling in for Rob Beaver. Don't get to do it too often, so when I do, I like to make the most of it. And, Hayes, let's get into our waffle. Let's talk waffle for Kia with Australia's best seven-year factory warranty. What are you making? The Subiaco, can they claw their way into the finals? No, I don't think they can. They've got too many injuries. We spoke to their coach throughout the week, and he didn't fill me with confidence with all the players that were coming back. They take on Perth, and wouldn't it be a great story for Perth to get it done and get in the finals this week without going through the pain and the nervousness, which would ensure if they didn't win this week. It's a big game. I think they'll beat Subiaco. Peel take on South Fremantle. South Fremantle win that one easy. East Fremantle and Claremont. I think Claremont will dominate. And East Perth and Swan Districts. For me, it's all about East Perth there. But the big news throughout the week Mm. was the Waffle Grand Final. It's not going to be here at Optus Stadium. And then there was three grounds they were talking about. Joondalup, Leadable and Fremantle Oval. Fremantle Oval will host the Waffle Grand Final this week. So that was the big news announced throughout the week. And doesn't that favour South Fremantle, given how well they're going? They now get a home Grand Final. It's theirs to lose. Absolutely. Can you talk us through the backstory, how that decision came to be? Do you know much more about it, or, or how did they land on Fremantle Oval? Well, it's been at um, Optus Stadium, obviously, in recent times. But I just think with all the COVID restrictions and the crowd and uh, probably a, a bit of a lack of interest in the Waffle this year with the smaller season, they then looked at the three grounds. I then they think they broke it down to Leadable and Fremantle Oval. I think the best part of those two compared to Joondalup is the 
help it can give to those local communities that are doing it pretty tough, that it's not just about the final being paid, it's about people getting in and supporting those restaurants in that area. So when you're up at Joondalup, you don't have as many in that vicinity. So that was the big news. The other big news was the CEO, Gavin Taylor, who's been in the job for the last nine mm. years. He's been at the Footy Commission for longer than that. He stepped down as the CEO of the West Australian Footy Commission. Tough time for footy in this state. He leaves to go to a, another opportunity over on the East Coast, so it's not just about the tough times that he's facing and, and the recent cuts that the Footy Commission has to go through. But it's going to be a challenging job for whoever takes that position going forward. And lastly, as we do every week here on Off the Bench, we go through the Waffle Team of the Week to recognise the best performances of last week. Nyhouse, Sinclair and Cornelio in the back line. Hancock, Blee, Turner at half back. Through the midfield, it's Taylor, Aaron Black, Rowan Kerr on the wing. Hampson, Robertson, England half forwards. Alec Waterman continue his mm. good form. Another four goals from him. Keitel at full forward. John Griffin in the forward pocket. Corey Galt's been enormous. Some talk that he could get drafted. He's 200 centimetres. He's really playing with some freedom for Swan District. He's the Ruckman. Ramsey from East Perth. Brady Gray from Perth, who's, of course, switched over from the West Coast Eagles Reserves team. And that's a key reason that Perth are going well. Fraser McInnes, the other one. And on the bench is Scott from East Perth. Nelson from West Perth continues to find plenty of the footy. Cam Erdley from East Romantle and Bailey Rogers from Claremont. So there's the Waffle Team of the Week. One person who didn't make the team this week, but he might just about make the Waffle Team of the Year. And that's Logan McDonald, who's been kind of starring up forward for Perth. He's an 18-year-old, 193 centimetres, Almost definitely going to get drafted next year. Hayes, I've kind of seen this guy play. For mm. you know, it's really exciting when when a young bloke against big-bodied men can take clunks like he is up forward, kick goals. He's kicked fourteen for the season, I think, well maybe sixteen, coming second on the in the in the goal kicker tally there. How much? How, how much? How high hopes do you have for this young player? Oh, massive! He reminds me of a young Jesse Hogan, who, of course, went basically picked number one to Melbourne many years ago. He was ahead of his time. Hasn't probably carried that on, Jesse Hogan, but he was a star as a young player. And look, I just hope that the Fremantle Dockers don't win too many games because they want to try and get him. And he could go number one mm. in a strange year because the Victorians haven't had a chance to play footy. So you're going to be looking at those that have uh, shown it on a regular basis. He's done that and right up there in the Bernie Naylor medal, which is fantastic. I'd be taking him with my first pick if he's still available if I'm Fremantle. Kia offers value you can trust in Australia's best seven-year warranty right across the entire Kia range. That's our Waffle Wrap, Hayes. And up next, we'll have a look at the remaining AFL games this round. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Hayes, let's take a look at the remaining games of the round. Port Adelaide versus Sydney, 1v 16th on the ladder. Do you reckon that's just a, pretty much a, a done deal there for Port Adelaide? Yeah, I think it is. Sydney were very, very disappointing last week against the Dockers. Only got the two goals. They'll improve on that. But Port Adelaide, I'm still not sure about Port Adelaide. And Brisbane, the other team that continues to frustrate with their goal kicking. I think uh, we have seen Geelong will certainly be up there. Richmond, the West Coast Eagles will come again. So Port for me, but the big game today is the Fremantle Dockers taking on the Giants. To the loser, I think it's curtains for their finals chances. The Fremantle Dockers come in in red-hot form. They've been fantastic since that game against Geelong. You can't say the same against the Giants. They were better last week against the West Coast Eagles. Their pressure and their ability to win the ball was good, but their ball movement is still a concern for mine. And given how good the Fremantle Dockers have been defensively, with all those players out, Justin Longmuir has done a great job. Brennan Cox now 
that we're talking about in glowing terms. Luke Ryan is going to get all Australian. And it's great to see everybody in the competition, all the media people anyway, now saying that he's a lock for all Australian. But Matty Tabernow, we've got to touch on this guy mm. too because he's been the butt of a lot of jokes of uh, Fremantle supporters and AFL supporters. Many doubted, including myself, whether he would get there. He's always showed potential, but he stamped up the dumb stuff out of his game. Mm. I think that probably sums him up right now, but what a season he's putting together. Absolutely. What do you think it might have been that's changed? Is it a mindset thing for Matty Tabernow? Is it just a confidence thing or is it just maturing into his body now that he's about 26, 27? He's always taken the marks. He's yeah. just a lot of the time he would get his hands to them and then he would double fumble and then the ball would be punched away. I think that's part of it. He's improved his marking. But with it comes confidence. I think the players grow in confidence too to kick him the ball when he's got a one-on-one because between him and Rory Lobb, they're the best uh, contested marking combination in the league, bar none. I think they're numbers two and three in the competition, only Charlie Dixon with more contested marks. So it's been powerful, but the ball supply and the ball movement from the Fremantle Dockers has been a lot better this year as well. Now, continuing to speak of the Dockers, one of the really positive signs is the amount of young players that they've come through this year, young players that are playing really well. A few Rising Star nominees already. Caleb Throng, do you reckon you'll actually win the Rising Star for the year? I do. I think he's been the most consistent out of all of them. We saw Matt Rowe early explode, but he can't win off four games for me. Then there was Isaac Rankin who came and he's sort of gone. He's quietened down a bit. Max King probably hasn't taken the next step uh, this year. He's been very good for a young forward, but this guy's been playing against the very best, beating the very best, getting a number of possessions, just has to finish off the season in the same vein of form, and he will get the Rising Star. But we also have seen some others. Schultz has been good for the Dockers this year. We saw Frederick in the forward line play a pretty good game as well. So I love what Longmuir is doing, giving these guys opportunity in their correct positions to showcase their talents. Not worry about what they can't do, worry about what they can do. And they have repaid him in spades this year. So keep it up, the Fremantle Dockers. Melbourne taking on St Kilda. I think Melbourne can get back to their very best. St Kilda have been playing some good footy, though. Well, I'll actually be going with St Kilda. I think, you know, you, once it gets to this stage of the year, you've got a team, you've got to give the teams with the track record, the tra- like, you've got to give them credit for what they've been able to do. St Kilda is sitting just about in the top four on the ladder, so that's what you, you've got to pay them credit for what they've been able to do. I'll back St Kilda in there. Carlton Collingwood, also an interesting game. I'm going with Carlton. I haven't been too impressed with Collingwood. They got the job done against North, but it could have gone either way in that first but I just think Carlton are building something. I'm going with Collingwood for that one. I reckon they've got the runs on the board and they've got a mental edge. Obviously, there's a big big rivalry between Carlton and Collingwood. And if you've won the last three or four, a few of them with beltings, I think you can carry that through a little bit and Collingwood get the edge over Carlton. And the last game of the round, Hayes, Gold Coast Suns taking on North Melbourne. Another interesting contest, you know. Suns are the favourites. They've got, they've got more wins on the board, but North Melbourne are kind of building and Suns are kind of fading. Too many injuries for North. I'm going with the Suns at home. North will be ready for the end of the season, in my opinion. That's just about all we've got time for and off the bench. Andrew Murdoch and Paul Hayes will be with you. Hayes, before I let you go, can you just give me some advice? You know, I'm a bit down in confidence. Had six goals kicked on me. Big game, playing fullback tomorrow. What do you want to say? Back shoulder, but back yourself in. If you see the ball in the air, you be the first one to move. You have to get in front, get in front. If you have to play from behind, play from behind. But don't be dictated to. Oh, perfect, Hayes. I'll take those cliches on board, and we'll catch you next time on Off the Bench. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.